Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, man? Well, it's a little bit of a boring Friday in the markets. It's been very boring. Yeah, But, uh, you know, hey, it's a long weekend for the rest of the world, and we get to just have a long weekend of not being able to do more fun things. I know, and then we get that holiday on Monday, and... There's no trading that day. And honestly, it's really cool to do something every day that you are upset that you can't do it the next right. day. And like today I was just like, man, I need some more work. Like that's what I was that's what I was looking for all day. And it ended up being <laughs> a boring day. And the boring day was where I didn't have enough work to do. And now I'm I'm disappointed that there's a holiday on Monday. Well, there's more work to do. Yeah, there's a there's lot of work. <laughs> not work more work to do. I don't want to do that work though. <laughs> it's not as fun. I want to do the work I want to do. It's not as fun. Yeah. Well, and then you know. This ties into what this podcast is all about, doing the work that you want to do, which is setting yourself up for success. And uh, you do that by pursuing life, liberty, and meaning. That's the way you do it. That's what we talk about on the show every single day. So if you're new here, thanks for stopping by. Please stick around and hit that subscribe button. Be part of the 92%. That's a that's a good crowd to be in. It in, is. In this, in this one, because that's the majority of people that subscribe to this podcast. Only 8% don't do it. And you don't want to be part of that crowd because those are the guys that you walk past on the street and you're like, ah, I'd never hang out with them. No one likes those guys. Yeah. You're like, I'd yeah. never hang out with those eight percenters. Yeah, you don't want to hang out with them. But I want to hang out with this crowd because this is where it's at. Yeah, it's, it, a- it's good to be in this crowd. Yeah. You know, so yeah, hit that subscribe, hit follow, hit whatever the heck Google says. I don't know what it is on your darn Google phones, whatever you kids are using these days. Hit whatever that button is on whatever the app is so you can it's get a always- brand new episode. Every day of the week. It's always when those we want to. Google and Android users that ruin group messages. I know. Like you can't leave the group. You can't send certain emojis and stuff because they don't have them. It just sends like a question mark. Somebody always gets left out. Sometimes it'll like remove somebody from a group on accident. It shows up green instead of blue, yes. which means you're not truly connected to someone. Everyone knows what that, you know, when they started iMessage, there's something, if you don't have an iPhone, you don't understand. There's something more connected about that iMessage where you get those blue messages yeah. and it's going back and forth and you can see the typing and and there's something weird like when you're talking to someone who has a Google phone it's like you're you might as well be emailing right. honestly back and forth that's what it feels like a lot of times I respond and say sorry you're poor yeah because when you get a green message <laughs> that just, means, no I'm might as well be on a flip phone or something like that those galaxies they've using, been raising the prices you know they must be using t9 word trying to get back to me <laughs> i miss t9 word that was nice you do no i don't miss oh, it at okay. all i was, I was looking at my say. old nv2 i had an, an nv2 i found in a drawer the other day and it was oh, you wow. know, it was nice it flips open and it's got the full keyboard on there which is like for the rich people at that time you right. had that full keyboard right there and uh, man, I just can't, it's hard to imagine like 10 years ago, I've said it on the podcast before, but in the time that I've been with my wife, I still remember a time where she said that touchscreen phones were stupid and she was never going to get one. Like that's how long I've been with my wife now. And how long has she had an iPhone? A little bit less than that time. <laughs> She's had an iPhone. Six months later. <laughs> yeah, probably. She was like, ah, it's fine. It's fine nowadays. You could probably sell that thing for an antique price now. Those things are nostalgic for some people, especially yeah. especially the you know seventies and eighties kids. Some of the people in the Patreon group are on Android. That's we'll just we'll just never be able to connect fully. You know, you just can't describe <laughs> it. But uh, Jeff said he's on Android because he doesn't want people to know when he's ignoring them. And uh, that actually is a pretty good strategy to tell you the truth. Although you can turn it off where it says red messages, but you still get those little bubbles when you start typing, you know. So if you know someone starts typing and then you never get anything after that, 
like they either didn't want to say anything back to you, they've they've ignored you, they've done something like that. So yeah, maybe it's a good strategy. Just use a, a Samsung phone or something. Yeah, or know. like Marie said, you just turn read receipts off, or you can actually flip your iPhone to send SMS messages instead of iMessages. You can. So yeah. you can do that too. Yeah. Then the read receipts will never be there, and the little dots will never pop up. And uh, Austin says he's on Android because freedom, Apple's insistence on proprietary technology. The problem is... I understand that sentiment, yeah. but there's nothing out there that beats it. So if you're going to have the freedom, you have to have something out there that beats it. And for the standard user that doesn't beat it. Now I will say there are some decently cool things that you can do on Android because it is a little bit more open source and you can crack the back door, so to speak, but it's not necessary because it's not, it's, and maybe you don't know, maybe it's necessary to some people. Stop trying to tell people what is or what is or isn't. It might be. All right. It might be. Well, this has been our weekly edition of tech corner with the good morning Liberty podcast. (laughs) You guys are interested in any more phone reviews. Charlie doesn't put a case on his phone ever. No, I've seen him go through many phones by the way, but he just doesn't put a case on it. So he's walking around with a piece of glass in his, in his pocket all the time. Well, cause it, yeah, it gets stuck in your pocket when you got a case. Yeah. And I don't like that. <laughs> so it's worth it for me to nowadays. I can't use the thing without a case. It's na- too slippery. Nowadays, they have uh, what's called this cheap phone insurance. It's like 10 bucks a month. Yeah. And nowadays, if you need to get your phone screen, you don't have to go anywhere. You yeah. just make a request. They'll send somebody to your house. I saw them do that. Yeah. You were here and this kid showed up just Came right on in and changed the screen in about seven minutes and gave my phone right back to me. And it was amazing. So it's a it's a pretty good deal. Listen, iPhone, Android, whatever. The the final answer is do what you want. You're just wrong. Okay, (laughs) that's that's, no, no, it's okay. to each throne. I tried an Android. I had it for about a month after having an iPhone for a few years and I couldn't do it. I ended up just giving it back. I just. To be honest with you, I couldn't figure out how to use the thing. I, I would just say couldn't the, figure it out. I would say what Apple does better is uh, processing. Yeah. So their processing, their operating system, to me, is better and faster. Yeah. You can run more apps uh, at the same time, even if they're running in the background, without it bogging it down. Whereas I think Android has trouble with that. Now, of course, I haven't had an Android or Google phone in a long time, so it could be better now. I got sick of my iPhone for a while. I got a Windows phone, which I really liked a lot, but there were no apps for it. So I switched to an Android because I really didn't want an iPhone anymore. And then I hated that so much, I just went and got an iPhone. I tried. I tried to go away. And the addiction was too strong. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't. I've given into it. It's I'm powerless <laughs> over it. So, Maurice, Maurice says rocking it with Chuck. No case. That's right. That's the only way to do it. Live on the edge. If you're going to live, <laughs> what's living? What are you going to do without the freedom? I just don't like using my phone without the case. Well, if you want to play it safe all the time, that's fine. You know? It's easier. Listen, it's the dumb bleep of the week, Charlie. How are we is. not talking about dumb bleep of the week right now? I know, but I'm excited. It is Friday. We get to talk about whatever we want on Friday. Actually, every day we get to talk about whatever we yeah. want, but... Especially on Friday. We can talk about phones. We can talk about the dumb bleep of the week. We can talk about politics. We can talk about contests and reviews. It doesn't matter. It's Whatever Friday. you want. We'll talk about questions people have. So we got a few entries here. Uh, and honestly, Joe Biden has jumped in the game late. Uh, but he he might just go ahead and take the cake. Uh, I think so. Uh, we'll, with, this, with this little quote. But we've got a few entries here today. But I had to start with, now this is actually corresponding to one of the dumb bleeps of the week from Bernie Sanders. All right. The, the competition is strong this week, by the way. Strong as I've the, ever seen. Yes. Strong as I've ever seen. <laughs> All right. So the competition is really strong. Bernie Sanders is trying really hard. He actually posted my most infuriating article of the week because it was the most blatant um, it was the most blatant dishonesty and manipulation that I've seen in at least a week. So <laughs> I, I retweeted some of this a little bit last night. Maybe even the last two weeks from Bernie. Yeah. So, so Bernie tweeted this article from CNBC. And this is very frustrating, especially if you, if you follow the stock market, you, you think about these wealthy people ever. Like This can be frustrating on both sides. It just matters whether or not um, it's, it's true and what the idea is that they're trying to get across. It's American billionaires got $434 billion richer during the pandemic. 
That's the article. They got $434 billion richer during the pandemic. Now, when they say richer, you would assume that since the pandemic started, that since that time, maybe even since the beginning of the year, that over that amount of time that those billionaires have accrued $434 billion more wealth than they had before this pandemic happened. That's kind of what you would assume. But of course, that's not actually the case. We'll go into that here. It's not even close to true. No, it's it's not at all. Um, America's billionaires saw their fortunes soar by $434 billion during the U.S. lockdown between mid-March and mid-May, according to a new report. But they didn't put that in the headline. No, no. Um, Amer- uh, Amazon's Jeff Bezos and Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg had the biggest gains, with Bezos adding $34.6 billion to his wealth and Zuckerberg adding $25 billion to his wealth. Now, between those two right there, that's $60 billion. Uh, but they're going to discount Zuckerberg's number here in just two paragraphs. I'll, I'll show you why. According well, it's to weird the, that Facebook and Amazon weren't forced to shut down by the government. Yeah, and they've been able to <laughs> They've continue, been able to operate yeah. this entire time. That's weird. With a lot less competition, by the way. A lot less, and a lot higher demand for their products. Right. For sure. Uh, Especially this is hand sanitizer. A lot. According to a report from Americans for Tax Fairness and the Institute for Policy Studies Program for Inequality. The report is based on Forbes data for Americans more than 600 billionaires between March 18th, when most states were in lockdown, and May 19th. Hmm. So this data is pulled from March 18th and up to May 19th. Okay. The billionaire gains highlight how the coronavirus pandemic has rewarded the largest and most tech-focused companies, even as the economy and labor force grapples with the world, the worst economic crisis in recent history. According to the report, the net worth of America's billionaires grew 15% during that two-month period, from 3.382 trillion uh, up to 3.3 trillion from 2.9 trillion. The biggest gains were at the top of the billionaire pyramid with the richest five billionaires, Bezos, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, and Larry Ellison, seeing combined wealth gains of $76 billion. Now, right. right there already, it's obvious the people that are the richest that are at the top of the pyramid, when the percentage goes up, they're going to make more. It, they will. It's just obvious. And now listen, those were the combined wealth gains for that two-month period that they that they pulled from. Now they're going to start discounting their own numbers in the next paragraph, by the way. Elon Musk had among the largest percentage gain of billionaires during the two months, seeing his net worth jump by 48% in the two months to $36 billion. Zuckerberg was close behind, seeing his wealth surge by 46% in the two months. They say this over and over again. They're being blatantly upfront, hiding in plain sight about how off this data is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuckerberg, uh, 40, 46% in the two months to $80 billion. Bezos' wealth increased by 31% to $147 billion. Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie Bezos, who received Amazon shares in their divorce, saw her wealth increase by a third to $48 billion. <laughs> That's nice. That is a heck of a divorce right there. She, uh, that one's got to hurt. Woo. She, uh, she locked it in. <laughs> All right. So now we'll start now we'll start actually talking that we're several paragraphs in and, and no one's gonna read past the headline. So here we go. Because the study timeline captures the stock market bottom and the rebound, it creates a slightly sunnier picture for billionaires than the full year. You don't say. You don't say, because the market's still down like sixteen percent right now. Why, for I wonder the year. why this is at the begin or at the end of the article. Yeah, this is weird. For the year. For the year, Buffett's wealth has Buffett's wealth has declined by 20 billion, according to Bloomberg, while Gates is down by 4.3 billion. Let me go back to that earlier paragraph where they said the biggest gains were at the top of the billionaire pyramid with the richest five billionaires: Bezos, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, and Larry Ellison. All right, now let's go two paragraphs later where it says, while Gates is down by 4.3 billion. Buffett's wealth has declined by 20 billion. Jeff Bezos has, although, gained 35 billion, and Zuckerberg is up 9 billion for the year. Now, remember, we'll go back to what they said about Zuckerberg, where they said Bezos added 35 billion to his wealth, and Zuckerberg added 25 billion to his wealth just a few paragraphs ago. 
That's what they said. And now here they say, well, Zuckerberg is up $9 billion. Gates is actually down by $4.3 billion. Warren Buffett is down by $20 billion, even though they named that those two were the top five gainers earlier, two paragraphs ago. If anyone can remember way back when, mm-hmm. two paragraphs ago when they said that. I don't know why this kind of stuff is so infuriating to me, but when I see just upfront blatant dishonesty and manipulation, it drives me insane. I like this last part here. It says, there were some losers, but we're not going to talk about all of them <laughs> Yeah, during the two-month period, especially for billionaires in the travel industry, travel, hospitality, or retail business. Well, I wonder why they lost. Because <laughs> why did? How did they lose any money? I don't know. Reading the headline, especially Bernie's tweet, did you get his? Did you get what he tweeted that when he quoted this article? I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said in essence that it's not fair, basically, for rich people to be making money during this pandemic while the average worker sucker uh, suffers. Yeah, we need yeah. to fight for a living wage, is what he said. When all, when in all actuality, very few people have actually made money this year. Mainly the tech sector, which Amazon is largely tech, but it's also a, a giant retail. Mm. Um, shipping center. So you can, if you're social distancing, you can order goods from Amazon and not have to see or touch anyone. Um, Bernie said, uh, so this is dumb bleep of the week. Number one, during this pandemic, nearly 40 million people have lost their jobs. How are billionaires doing? They got $434 billion richer. The ultra rich have been waging a war on the working class of this country. It's time for the working people to stand up and unite and get under our nice little communist regime that he wants to, that he's having dreams about every single <laughs> night. Anyway, that doesn't matter. So, so obviously this is being portrayed as during this pandemic, all of these people are now $434 billion richer than they were before the pandemic happened. Like that's what it is. But then you look at the data, literally they pulled what they say, March 18th. Is that what they pulled? Mm-hmm. So you look at March 18th, I'm on the Dow right now. March 18th, almost the very bottom. It had one more day. The 23rd was the very bottom, I think. Yeah, 23rd was the very bottom. March 18th was just a little bit higher than the 23rd. And then they went to May 19th, which is almost the highest it's gotten since then. So they literally pulled from the very bottom of the market and said, what is your net wealth right now? And then they took what the bounce has been since then, not from where it started in the middle of February, right? but from where it dropped to. That's literally like, let's have a competition to see who can gain the most weight as a percentage uh, bef- you know, in the next month. And you're like, well, give me two months. In the first month, you go anorexic and you drop yourself down to 100 pounds. And then the next, you know, the month after that, you just only go to McDonald's and you eat pop tarts and crap all day and you balloon your weight back up to 200 you're like i started at 250 i went anorexic i went down to 100 you know for the competition and then i i popped back up to 200 like wouldn't it matter whether or not you had just gone through a a massive massive drop you look at biggest loser like people who are 600 pounds are going to be able to lose a whole lot more pounds than everyone else is a market that has just gone through one of the biggest crashes ever is going to have then one of the biggest gains that it's had. I still hear, oh, the Dow's hitting new highs for the for the week, new highs for the month. Like they say those kinds of words. It's still down 16%. On okay? the year. Still down 16% on the year. This uh, drives me nuts, man. This Totally nuts. Fuels the hate fires. Good Lord. It makes you matter than that Tuesday night bingo game I was telling you about, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh. I'm ready for bingo. Let's go play bingo sometime, man. I'm feeling lucky. Wouldn't be too bad, would it? As long <laughs> as right. you're willing to risk. I don't know. If you if you get 100 bingo cards, you up your chances. It's true. Spread out that risk. You diversify one, your bingo portfolio. If you only get one, then, you know, it depends on if you got those little color dot things, you know? Yeah. that's true. You got to have the stamp things. Yeah. What's you got to have that. You know, speaking of bingo real quick, I know you're angry about this, but I remember first playing bingo when I was a kid. With my grandmother. Mm-hmm. She would tick when you play bingo, which is gambling. But for some <laughs> reason, when you're under 18 as a kid, you're allowed to. Yeah. As long as you're with a supervised adult, because apparently it's, you know, relatively cheap gambling. You can't lose your whole, you can't mortgage your house, I guess, to play bingo. Although, how would they know? Like, what if you come in and you buy a thousand cards or something like that? I don't, how much are they? I don't remember. I don't remember. Dollar each, five yeah. bucks each. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's just weird that the government can pick and choose what you can gamble on and, 
you know, whether or not you can be a day trader or whether or not you can play poker online, all these crazy rules. Everything is trading. I mean, you're gambling when you buy a house. You're, yeah. you're gambling when you buy, you're making an investment, a couple hundred thousand bucks or whatever it's going to be, and you're hoping it's going to increase over time. You're hoping that That's, your neighborhood you're, doesn't go you're gambling. bad. <laughs> you're going to hope to take a profit off of it, and they're right. going to charge you capital gains more than likely. So, <laughs> um, tell, dude, tell me about the Joe Biden thing, because I can't. I can't wait any longer are on you, it. Are you going to play it? I'll play it. Yeah, yeah, so I saw this tweet pop up, and I just couldn't honestly believe it was real. And uh, I, I had to go find, I had told Nate to go find the video because it was just honest. Honestly, I just can't believe he can say any anything else more stupid. <laughs> and so he he's, uh, this was an interview with The Breakfast Club, I believe, right? I think it's a, some show called The Breakfast Club. And uh, they were talking about voting for Trump or Biden, like there's no one else to vote for. And then Biden said this. Producer. <laughs> I thought you were going to read. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. <laughs> <laughs> now he's talking to a black guy. Yeah. Like literally talking to a black guy. And the guy's like being indecisive. Like, I don't really know who I'm going to vote for. I need you to, to, to sway me in your direction. Like, why do you, why should you get my vote? And and that's kind of the conversation right there. He's like, well, if you're thinking about voting for Trump, well, you're just not black. Yeah. You ain't black. You ain't black. Good man. Lord. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it was one of the funniest, dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. And this is, you know, honestly, it's, it's pretty it's, it's pretty. A, it's, a, it, it, it's disgusting if you think about it. It's it's a really disgusting thing to say if you if you think about it. Um, and this really is the mentality. I mean, this isn't the first time that someone has said something. I did did a, was it Kamala Harris that said something like this, or uh, one of the other presidential candidates said said something something similar to this, where basically black people had to vote Democrat. Democrat. And that's yeah. a really disgusting thing to. To think of. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm white, so I don't think it's assumed that I would vote Republican, I guess. I don't think that would be the case. Um, we've had, you know, uh, several Democratic presidents, so I don't think you just assume that white people are going to vote Republican and yeah. black people are going to vote Democrat and, and then we're always going to have Republicans, you know, or something like that. Uh, so it's pretty disgusting. And then to think, like, there's so many sides because you're like, First off, people can think for themselves, regardless of what their race is. Right. That doesn't mean that they're going to be a specific political party at all. I mean, so it is an inherently racist thing to say, like a, a, a pretty truly racist thing to say that you if you if you are if you are black, then you have to vote Democrat or you're not black. Right. And it's pretty gross. Like, hey, here's a party that's going to hand out a bunch of free stuff. We're going to take money from other people and we're going to give it to you. And if you don't support that, then you're not a real black person. And that's that's disgusting to me. And you see all these things. That, that That's the thing. It's like, oh, well, you, there's no way. It's to drive home the narrative and to say, haven't you been paying attention to all these things we've been telling you that Trump's bigoted and he's racist and he's xenophobic and all of that. If you've not been paying attention to all that, because if, if you were, then you definitely wouldn't vote for him. So if you're thinking about mm -hmm. voting for him, then, then you may not think he's a racist. And if you don't think that, then our whole narrative falls apart. So you yeah. can't be for Trump. You have to be against him. You would vote for anyone else, but him. And of course this, I'm not endorsing Trump here. Don't, don't get me wrong. All you hardcore libertarians out there being like, Oh, it's just a bunch of Trump supporters. A good morning, Liberty. Is that a Bill Clinton uh, libertarian kind of. critique of our yeah, podcast? We're not. It, this is the, you know, the arguments I get in all the time where people will go like, I'll say something contrary to, especially to a leftist because my God, their views are, it's their religion. Yeah. I swear to God, because when you challenge a left, somebody on the extreme left, <clears throat> it's like you, it's like you killed their cat. I think that goes for both major sides. I mean, I think Trumpism is a religion, honestly. Well, I, I, I don't disagree yeah. with that. I just find myself more so in battle with the extreme, with the socialists and the communists. Yeah. And that, you know, it's an it's an ideologue for them. It's something that literally, I mean, if, if Bernie were to say you need to point north and get down on the ground and pray nine times a day, you might see a lot of people do True. that. True. That's what I'm meaning. It's like, cause if you disagree with them, 
then somehow everybody you, you have to say three Viva Chavez's if you bought something <laughs> from Apple today. All right. It's yeah. It's somehow you have you've uh, you murdered their child or something. Yeah. It's impressive because I can't tell you how many times they've told me to F off and I'm like, I'm just having a regular conversation. I don't know why yeah, it has to get so violent. Can't we disagree? Right. Come on. Yeah. And try to try to tell me that I don't know anything <laughs> about history, that I don't know anything about <laughs> You know, the Holocaust. I had somebody tell me that I use uh, the Holocaust and like these atrocities that occurred uh, to my benefit to to be anti-government. I'm anti-government and I use uh, uh, the backs of dead people when I don't know what I'm talking about. So you use people that have been murdered by government when you talk about anti-government yeah, things? Yeah. That's insane. And apparently, apparently that's somehow wrong. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and I didn't. Yeah. I don't know why just, you would ever talk about history when you're trying to argue a principal point whatsoever. It's just. It, it, That's kind of weird. It's sickening. Yeah. Well, this guy also said Lenin was a saint. So. Oh, good. He he doesn't understand Lenin's the one that actually started the gulags. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't his idea to kill the kulaks. He just followed through. Right. You know, that's that's really it. You know, he had good follow through. His, he didn't want to go against the previous administration. His thing in Russia yeah. was that, which is whatever what everybody gets wrong is like, well, Stalin stole the army and killed Lenin, basically. Yeah. And and then that's right. Lenin, I was he stole the he stole the reversed. he stole the industrial complex that Lenin had built. For all the people i'm like my god you're saying i don't know history yeah you're saying i'm the one but this is his whole narrative Lenin like had the first order for killing the kulaks i'm pretty sure and that, he set that up the, came and from he set up the prison camps yeah he's the guy who set up the prison camps he can't be a saint and and so this whole narrative fits in to this whole thing like i, I went on that tangent to kind of wrap this whole biden thing up is like you have to follow the narrative that if you're not with me you're against me so if you're considering voting for Trump, well, well, you're just not black. Yeah. There's no way. It can't be a question. Yeah. You cannot question the Democratic Party. Like Maurice <laughs> said, the Democratic Party thinks that they own the black vote. And listen, they get a large percentage of the black vote. And maybe Republicans should do a better job explaining why their ideology is better. Or libertarians, too, also doing a, do a better job. Let's take the responsibility for why we should do a, be able to explain why this is actually the way to go. I, that's why I always stick with, hey, um, we don't own other people. We, you own yourself. I don't own other people. You don't own other people. We all just own ourselves. And I feel like that's a pretty universal message that people should go with. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe that would really carry in the minority community pretty well that you actually own yourself and other people don't have ownership over you. But no one really go, you know, Republicans aren't going with that message. They're going with, I should have ownership over you. Like the, that's well, kind we, of the message that they have. And we know that everyone owns their self because way back at the uh, Declaration of Independence, uh, as Joe Biden would refer to it, all men and women are created and go, you know, the thing, you know, the thing, exactly. You know the thing. It's in That's the text. how we all know that we own ourselves Yeah, because we, it's the thing. We might also all be created equal, but you also know the thing. So I don't even need to say it. I got to do this one more time. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Oh, man. And you ain't black. You ain't black. <laughs> he was getting testy with the guy, too. I, I mean, he, he turns that. into a real D-bag really quickly. I've seen I've seen other interviews where he does that. He gets real testy. He started spouting off at this guy about firearms because he was asking this union worker was just asking questions. This guy got pretty famous, by the way. Uh, it was all over Fox News and stuff like that. But he was ended up cursing the guy out. And he's like. I'm not taking away your second amendments and all this stuff. And he was just asking a legit question like, Hey, you've been supporting, you know, reducing some second amendment rights. And yeah, we may be blue collar workers up here, but I don't remember exactly where they were, but we're like, we, we allow, we like our guns too. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's just, this guy's a Is nut that where he job. called the guy a dog faced pony soldier <laughs> or something like that? Maybe. Something <laughs> I don't like remember. That. And don't forget this one. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> I think Biden might actually deep down be fairly racist. I mean, you know. He seems kind of racist. And by this time, you're just like, he's so old. 
Like, I mean, what what are you gonna do? I mean, the the guy's barely there. He's not gonna change now. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's too late. Like they they've just given up on it. The Democrats have. They're like, ah, oh, oh, what are you gonna do? He's really old. Yeah, it's too late now for him. And we can't have Bernie. So yeah, I, I somebody said something about they're gonna replace him at the convention. I honestly think that's a high possibility because there's no way he beats Trump. There's no way. <laughs> I don't think so. Like the the first debate, the Biden will lose. A hundred percent of his support. <laughs> I think the statistical likelihood that Joe Biden will even still be here by that time is very low. Right. Honestly, I'm not it's not a threat. I'm just if I were a betting person. Right. Trump has a lot higher likelihood of still being on either, Earth. Either he might end up dying from natural causes. Yeah. Like I'm not. Or he might not be able to find his way out of his basement. Exactly. Yeah. Or he's going to go full on senile and dementia and not be able to remember that he was running for president. Yeah. He won't even remember that he was a vice president. He just felt like running. (laughs) 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 And then he got tired, so he went home. Speaking of, let's have a real, I want to have a real quick um, housing market talk real quick. This is coming from Bernie, too. So that was dumb bleep number two. Now, we've got some contenders. This is really a good, a good, quick economic conversation for a couple of these. Another one from Bernie, now that we're talking racism. He says, now listen, Axios posted that the energy secretary said that the bank restrictions on the financing of oil and gas drilling are like redlining. So they have bank restrictions on the financing. They're trying to basically hamper down oil and gas drilling by, by making massive restrictions on the actual financing for it because it's fairly expensive. And so the guy said that this is like redlining. Now, Bernie posted and was disgusted by this. He said, racist redlining denied wealth to generations of black Americans. Today, the fossil fuel industry dumps its pollution on communities of color. This comment from Trump's energy secretary is disgusting. Now, I wanted to say something about redlining real quick. Redlining did not have anything to do with whether or not the people in the community were people of color at, at all. It had to do with the fact that when you buy a house, you aren't buying the house. The bank is buying the house. Unless you're showing up with a couple hundred thousand dollars, you didn't buy a house. The bank bought a house. The rich people who put their money in the bank bought the house for you, and you're going to pay them back for it over time. That's what's actually happening. So you didn't buy it. So what happens with redlining is they say, well, we're buying a house, and maybe these people have bad credit scores in, in a district, or maybe we've seen this specific community, the housing prices are declining. Or, you know, it's got high crime rates or whatever it is, whatever it would be that would damage the value of the house that they are buying. And the banks will say this is too risky. Yeah, because they're once again, they are buying the house, not not you, not you. And they own the house until you pay them back for it. And that's and that's what I plus some plus plus a pretty good chunk of change Usually right there. by the end of 30 years it's double yeah yeah so it's a lot okay they listen this is a good it's a good racket for them for sure but but still you're not fronting the money to buy it they are and if for some reason you default on the loan and they end up having to take ownership of the house and sell it to to pay that off well then they don't want to buy houses in areas where the the values have just been in decline where they've got really high uh i don't know really high crime rates or they've got really low credit scores or anything like that. Now, listen, that has nothing to do with whether or not you're black or white or whatever it is at all. I grew up in a really poor neighborhood and a trailer park had nothing to do with the fact that I was black while I was there at yeah. all. As Eminem, ma- as Eminem used to say, it doesn't matter if you're white, black or purple, or if you're misunderstood. It's from yeah. the words of the great, from the marshal himself. Yeah. Yes. That's what he used to say. So this is once again frustrating to me because this is some good dumb bleep because it's a fundamental misunderstanding of, well, really the whole process of purchasing a house. We don't ever take into account the fact that we rarely do people actually have the money to go buy a house. In cash. In cash. Or Bitcoin. And so luckily a bunch of other people put their money in the banks and then they are going to let you they're going to front that money for you to purchase the house from whoever it is that built the house. And and that's what's going to happen. And so there's, there's good and bad that comes from that, but they're the ones that are taking on the risk. If you end up not ever paying the house, you end up defaulting and just moving out or something like that. They've got to try and sell the thing. 
So, yes, typically they would shy away from areas where the housing values are in a sharp decline or they, they never increase at all. Or from people who don't look like they're trustworthy borrowers. Like you look at their credit score. Yeah. This person has never paid back someone they said they were going to pay money back to. Can I trust them? Oh, I should them? give them a couple hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like, yeah. this is common sense. Right. If you have such a thing. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's, a, well, that's my maybe, dumb belief number three. Maybe we need common sense background checks exactly. on people trying to borrow money. That's <laughs> That would end up just being racist. I don't know how it would you know? be. Yeah. So oh. a couple of things here. Charlie, you can tell me about. Now, listen, Uber's trying to buy Grubhub right now. That's, well, let me read this story real quick for you. And then we'll go to this next dumb bleep of the week. This is by Warden Warren, just so you know. Uh, there's four Democratic senators, U.S. senators, warned against Uber buying Grubhub. From uh, Reuters, four Democratic lawmakers led by Senator Amy Klobuchar wrote uh, to antitrust enforcers on Wednesday to warn that plans by Uber Technologies, owner of Uber Eats, to buy rival online food delivery company Grubhub would raise serious competition issues. In their letter, the lawmakers said the deal would give Uber and Grubhub 48% of the U.S. market, while DoorDash would have 42%. I didn't realize DoorDash was that big. How big is Postmates? Half a percent? Does that mean that DoorDash, we've got competition issues because DoorDash has such a large share right now? You're right, because DoorDash has 42. They got the, oh man, uh, emerged Uber Eats and Grubhub would have 79% of the market in New York, 68% in Boston, 65% in Miami, 60% in Chicago, and 51% in Atlanta. Quote, we have been hearing about the exorbitant fees that these online delivery app companies charge to restaurants when they're then which are then forced to pass these executives at the same sorry at the same time by the way arguing that the drivers should get paid more money just so you know from a company uber who has never profited a single dollar this whole time never made a profit at all anyway sorry they're exorbitant let's get back to them charging exorbitant fees for deliveries we have been hearing about the exorbitant fees that these online delivery app companies charge to restaurants which are then forced to pass these excessive costs on to consumers you're paying for a Gardon miracle. <laughs> it is. Like, it's... what exorbitant fee do you think you should be charged for a miracle? <laughs> for you to press a button on a, on a, to press a button on this device that's a miracle to even exist to begin with. You press a few buttons, somebody magically somewhere is like, oh, well, this person wants a deliciously cooked meal and I'm going to. I'm going to, I have all the logistics and everything to find somebody to go uh, pick it up from my store that I'm going to make it at and then deliver it to this person all in, in usually under an hour. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Like 10 years ago, this obviously did not exist whatsoever. No. You get, guess what? You can still not use Uber Eats. You don't have to. You can to. still not use them. No one here has a right to use Uber Eats, Grubhub, or any of them. You're still free to not use it and Get yourself out of, off the couch and go pick up the damn food yourself. You're still free to go do that. If you want someone else to magically bring you the food, then you're going to have to pay them to do it. How hard is this, dude? I don't know. This is insane. I don't know. It's like these people think just because you you invent something, everyone's entitled to it for a reasonable cost. Austin says when it gives you heart disease, you shouldn't have to pay the doctor either. <laughs> right. Well, that's why we're going to have free health care. Yeah. No consequences. Uh, Order those bacon cheese fries from, uh, what's that place? Outback. I think I, I remember reading that they, that's the highest calorie food item like in all of restaurants. Bacon cheese fries? The, yeah, the uh, the Aussie bacon cheese fries not from the Outback. Chi- not the chicken carbonara from something Olive like Garden? Something like 4,000 oh, calories okay. or something like that. <laughs> that. That appetizer, by the way. Yeah. I just, I can't get past how just ridiculous this is. It's a literally a miracle that this can take place and we have no appreciation for it. It's like when I get my groceries delivered, I would pay 20, 30, I, I might even pay 40, $50 for somebody to deliver to shop for me and then deliver my groceries. Yeah. Because the time it takes for me to do all that and the hassle and being around people I don't want to be around and trying to find, pick something out and trying to remember which aisle this was in running all around the grocery store and I've got a three-year-old that it's like, that's, that's worth money. A lot of money to me. How much is it worth to you? 
And if you think it's too much, don't do it. Quote, it is particularly troubling that this merger is being contemplated during a pandemic. <laughs> when consumer demand... When consumer considered a merger during the pandemic, when consumer <laughs> demand has increased and when restaurants are more desperate for revenue than ever. <laughs> oh, so we, what you just destroy the restaurants. Like, I don't understand. How does anybody even come? Does anyone ever ask why politicians are in charge of the economy? Did you at all? I, why that's a thing after she wrote this letter, did she read it <laughs> to see if it even made any Damn sense. <laughs> Can't even with this stuff. News broke on May 12th that Uber had approached Grubhub with an offer for an all stock deal. Uber did not immediately respond to request for comment on the letter. The letter from Klobuchar, the top Democrat of the Senate Judiciary's Committee antitrust panel. Great. <laughs> what a perfect person to have on an antitrust panel. Yep. As well as Senators Patrick Lee, uh, Richard or Leahy. Sorry, Richard uh, Blue Mythball. Or sure. And, and Cory Booker was addressed to Macon Delirium, head of the Justice Department Antitrust Division, and Joseph Simmons, head of the Federal Trade Commission. The two agencies ensure that mergers comply with antitrust law. Jesus, Lord. Not only that, but uh, first of all, antitrust laws are stupid. But to second that, this would give uh, Uber a forty-two. Uh, sorry, a forty-eight percent of the mar uh, share of the market. Now, in what world is that a monopoly or what in what world does that qualify for antitrust? I don't know. I found I found why they're doing it, by the way. Um, Grubhub, it looks like they are actually profitable. And so that's they're trying to buy something that actually makes money yeah. is, is what they're trying to do because they, they lose money on everything so far. So um, that's that's probably what they're trying to buy, something that actually has value value right. <laughs> behind it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. It's just so frustrating. So anyway, the dumb bleep of the week for this, uh, Warden Warren tweets out, she quotes this story and she tweets out, we can't allow companies to use this crisis to boost their profits and consolidate their power while crushing workers who are already struggling to make end meets. Representative AOC and I are calling for a, a moratorium on big mergers and Congress should pass it. Now, never mind. The biggest corporation ever, the government, boosting their profits and consolidating their power. Yeah, when can the when can we all get together and have an antitrust suit against the government for being too big? Right. Like, can we do that yet? They're the only ones that actually have a monopoly on power. Yeah. They're the, they're definitely they're boosting their profits long term, obviously with inflation and things like that, because the governments are going to be able to pay their debts, and all their people are going to get rich, no problem. They've definitely. We even said never. They even said never let a good crisis go to waste. So they for sure have consolidated their power. If you've been paying any attention or listen to this show, you understand what they did with FISA and the different government mandates for all the the entire thing with this pandemic. Like they just been doing nothing but consolidating their power. But somehow we can't allow the free market. We can't allow Grubhub to, to decide to be bought by Uber for them not even to have a monopoly. Yeah, not, it's not even not, for a monopoly. Not even half just, of the market share. Not even half. It's just it's it's unbelievable. If they buy them, they still won't have half of the market share. That's the same thing. Well, it's probably different now with the pandemic going on and all the other stores being forced to close. But Amazon represents of retail sales total something like ten percent. Now online, they're uh, they're they're big. They're like fifty five percent of the online retail sales, but of retail, the retail market, Amazon's five to 10% of the retail market. That's gonna be different this year, by the way, and we'll see numbers on that, I'm sure. Amazon has this percentage of the retail market. No, shit, you force the other stores to close. Right. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Anyway, that's that's what we'll end up seeing. I guess uh, we, anyway, so leaping in here for the first time. I'd be like saying, uh, It'd be like saying online classes have overtaken in-person classes. Yeah. Like, are you <laughs> well, sure? Duh. <laughs> yeah. Good the Lord. In-person classes for universities have been shut down. Zoom has overtaken in-person meetings. <laughs> Just during the pandemic. Write the headline like Good Lord. Online class taking soars. <laughs> <laughs> we must stop the monopolies on online class taking. All right, uh, leaping in here for the first time in the dumb bleep of the week is someone who's not normally that dumb. 
But Andrew Yang, this isn't the Mark Cuban one. This is Andrew Yang. I wanted to go to this. No, listen, I don't agree with much Andrew Yang has to say, but he comes off as a pretty smart guy. Seems like a smart guy, pretty reasonable guy overall. But listen to how contradicting this is. Now, Andrew Yang, by the way, wants the government to go ahead and take care of pretty much everything. Uh, you know, want to go ahead and have a UBI and take care of everyone and want to have the regulation over everything. You know, he's still a big government guy, for sure. Very much, very much Democrat or leftist or whatever that is. All right. So he says in a tweet, Americans are constantly worried about the power of government. The bigger danger is that we can't get even the basic things done. Roads, bridges, masks, cotton swabs, voting, processing unemployment benefits, sending citizens money during a crisis. Now, when I read this, I was like, well, he's right. I mean, they really can't get any of that stuff done. They can't even do the basic things. And then, and then, yeah, so I was like, wait, this guy wants the government to do pretty much everything, but he's sitting here tweeting about the problem is that we can't even get basic things done. So, like, if you're someone who's going to admit that you can't even do the basics, like, here's, like, the one job of government. Here's one of them. Here's your, second, you know, number one basic, job, have a military. Basic functions. Basic functions. Now we're going to have our roads and bridges, stuff like that. Oh, we're going to pass a massive stimulus bill. Let's take care of actually getting the money to those people that we passed. They can't do those even basic things. They can't make sure the voting is actually happening properly. Like like the very small list of things that they need to actually do. And so he points this out in the tweet. He says it. But then also, all he constantly does is argue that the government should be doing more things all the time. And I'm just like, what, what am I missing here? <laughs> what am I missing here? It, I, don't, I, I, I have nothing. I, I, in fact, I can't even anymore on this Friday. Yeah. I just can't even. It makes no sense. And, and, but I, I don't know. They, they, <laughs> they argue for big government because it's, it's an easier argument and it's an, it's easier to boost your own profile by arguing, saying, we're just, we don't know how we're going to do it. We're just going to give it to you. Yeah. We don't know how to do it, the basic things, but just trust us. Yeah. We'll figure it out eventually. Just vote for me. So not only will we do all of these things that I just said we can't do, but we're also going to do a UBI and take care of healthcare and do all of this other mm -hmm. stuff on top of that. And that just makes sense somehow. It would be like asking my son to, uh, to do physics. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the same principle. Yeah. Like he doesn't know what two plus two is yet. Not yet. We're working on that. Yeah. But, uh, but we want to we, go ahead. Tr I'll trust him. To take on physics. Yeah, he should and do the calculations for the, you know, SpaceX rocket going up yeah. next week that's going to actually be carrying people. You're like, if you're like, he can't even do like basic simple math yet. Like and they're a, like, doesn't matter. You must hate poor people. Right. <laughs> like, and, that, and that's the answer. And that's the answer. It's two plus two equals fish. Like, that, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> you know the thing. You know the thing. You know the thing. Oh, man. So tell me uh, what uh, Mark Cuban said. He's jumping in. This is the last dumb bleep of the week, and then we'll recap all of these real fast and have a vote here on the From Patreon. From Mark Cuban. Now, Mark Cuban, also pretty smart guy. Good businessman. But you got to ask yourself, does this make any sense? Like common sense. Does it make that whatsoever? Yeah. Well, it does because he ultimately ends up making more money. Yeah. Because it reduces competition and all kinds of stuff. But he says... It's time to face the fact that the PPP, which was the Payment Protection Program, didn't work. Great plan, difficult execution. No one's fault. Just no one's no fault. No one's fault. That's <laughs> all right. These, the only, th these things happen. <laughs> it's just these things happen. Yeah. The only thing that will save business is consumer demand. No amount of loans to businesses will save them or jobs if their customers aren't buying. It's time for trickle up economics. We need a transitional Fed jobs program that trains and hires millions for a federal tracking, tracing, testing program, as well as for support for at-risk populations, including long-term care. We need to dent unemployment with stable jobs. Well, we'll just create them. Yeah. They'll just be there. They'll just be there. Transitional. They'll just be Fed's jobs programs. Now, you guys know what... You guys know the answer behind jobs programs. Like... 
you can't create a job that doesn't have any value yeah. associated with it. There's no point because at the end of the day, what you're just creating nothing. So it doesn't matter what the job is. What Milton Friedman used to say. Yeah, I was about to thing. ask where was he. I can't. I was going to see if anyone in, China. in the li- in the live group was he uh, China, Japan, somewhere over there in uh in in Asia somewhere, and he was asking them why they were using shovels to dig this and not heavy machinery. And he said, well, this is a jobs program. That's why. And he said, well, why don't you just give them spoons? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like that, that matters, you know, but it, like Mark Cuban, pretty smart guy, by the way, worth about $5 billion. Mm-hmm. He's welcome to go ahead and send all that money to the government. If you would like to do that, I'm, I'm betting he likes the system that allowed him to become a multi-billionaire more than likely. Um, but he would like to go ahead and take that out. But he says, like no amount of loans to businesses will save them or jobs if their customers aren't buying. Where are the customers going to buy things if there aren't any businesses to buy things from? Like, can we not get the order of the causation proper here? Like customers can't buy things if there aren't any businesses. People aren't spending their money because most of the places around them, maybe not now, but the places around them have been closed. Right. It's been very hard to go shopping because they have stupid hours right now. We've already talked about that. And my, my girlfriend spends a decent amount of money on her nails every single week. Still able to do that. Now she, she do them no, like through a, oh, she hasn't been. She hasn't been until yeah. a, I think Monday was the first time she was able to I go got do a, it. I got a haircut this weekend. I don't even care if the economy opens anymore. <laughs> got my hair. Who cares? All right, that's all you were that's worried all about. That's I was worried about. According to everyone <laughs> that's else. That's it. No, but it's like, okay, so that business obviously isn't making money. But like, even if she's a nurse, so she has a, obviously has a job, she's got consumer demand, <laughs> but there's nowhere to put it. So she wasn't spending the $50 a week, every week or two weeks, whatever it was, whatever that amount of money is that she deserves to spend on her nails. She wasn't spending it because there was nowhere to spend it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if there's consumer demand. Consumption does not drive an economy. You have to have the production for the consumption to happen. Now they need to work in balance to each other. Like right. the production can't happen if there's no money for people to spend. Like that's listen, there's a balance, but you always have to trace it back to which one has to happen first. And you cannot consume something that has not been produced. It is impossible to consume something that has not been produced. Yeah. There are not people lined up outside of Char- Charlie's door right now asking if they can give us money for whatever business we're about to start. There's not a line of people. They're going to wait for us to do that, and then we're going to get their money. Right. Okay? And that's the way that it happens. They don't just line up and hand out money. That's that's not how it's going to work. Not only that, but he's right in the first sentence that it's, he, when he says it's time to face the fact that the PPP didn't work. Correct. And then he goes off the rocker here where he says great plan. No, terrible plan. It's a terrible plan to use bailout money always. It's not like we're sitting here arguing that businesses should get money from the government. They shouldn't. We I would, don't, We don't agree with that. <laughs> I would still argue that I would prefer it. In, right. Now, listen, the PPP plan, not good as far as that specific plan goes. That's but what I don't understand. It was a to, paycheck protection program, yet we still lost almost 40 million jobs. Yeah, so obviously the paycheck protection program was, was not the, enough. All the money was used. What did they use it for? They yeah. Just keep it to themselves? Like This what? is what Denmark did, by the way, Mark. This is what Denmark did. I'm not saying we should just be like Denmark, but sometimes it really seems like those those people over there in Scandinavia got a lot more sense than the than the socialists here in the U.S. That those capitalists with a strong with a strong government have pretty good sense. Like they be they uh, protected their businesses. They basically guaranteed everyone's wages, but it was through the businesses. So you were able to everyone kept their jobs. That's why their unemployment rate didn't change. And the businesses were able to keep paying people. There, there was no unemployment because all the money was going to the businesses and back and guaranteeing all of their wages. Now, I'm not for bailout either way. What I prefer is that we don't forcefully shut down the economy right. against people's will. That's what I would like to do. But the way that they did it was better because you don't have the massive unemployment rolls. You don't have people losing their health insurance like we do right now because that's tied to your job. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you don't have those problems. You don't have businesses going under. And then when you do relax all the lockdowns, everything can just release and go back to the same right right afterwards, only with a lot more debt. You know, I still don't like it. I'm not saying I like that. I'm just saying that's a it's a better plan than giving people 
consumption money and shutting down the places where they would spend the consumption money. It, that literally doesn't make any sense no. at all. Mm-mm. Not not one bit. You cannot consume what has not been produced. That's that's all I would say. The so, only thing it makes sense for is for the dumb bleep of the week. <laughs> that's it, ma'am. That's why he said it. So To give us ammo for our fuel fires. <laughs> to, exactly. To recap, to recap, we got a couple Bernie. We got the Bernie Sanders in the billionaire wealth article. We got Bernie Sanders and the redlining. We got Elizabeth Warren and the antitrust potential against Uber. We have Mark Cuban and the I can be a billionaire, but not you. And we have Andrew Yang in the government sucks, but we should have him do everything. And, and I don't th- forget Joe Biden and, and Joe Biden. Obviously leaping in there with you ain't black. With you ain't black. (laughs) So you ain't black, Andrew Yang, Mark Cuban, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. Who wins, guys? Get your votes in real quick while Charlie tells us about this very special stimulus that is done with real money voluntarily. That's right. Happening right now. Yeah, that's that's the contest that the Good Morning Liberty podcast is running. It's the GML stimulus package. And it's a package because the winner is going to get two things. First of all, it's a $500 payment direct to you, probably electronically. I don't really want to mail a check, but I guess I'll, I will if you demand it so. Uh, but preferably over PayPal or Cash App or Venmo, something like that. We will transfer that $500. If you win, that's just to get you going. And then you're also going to get a lifetime subscription to MasterMyTrades.com, which you don't have to trade, but it's good to get in there and at least learn. Um, but you also could trade and take, you can turn that 500 into whatever you want to turn it into. I mean, by the time you retire, you could, you could be a millionaire. It's you not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee of anything. It's I'm not trying to say you're going to, <clears throat> I'm just saying it's possible. There are people that do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and the only way to be able to do it is to learn. And so that free lifetime subscription to the Liberty Trading Academy at mastermytrades.com is going to be. Uh, very, it's going to be good step. It's going to be the right step mm-hmm. in a good direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to having the chance at doing that. So if you want to be a part of that, then you need to go to goodmorningliberty.us. That's goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus. Fill out that form there. You need to say uh, the code word, which we mentioned in yesterday's episode. And we mentioned it, I believe in Monday's episode, Somewhere around in there, you'll have to go listen and find it. We're not going to tell you what it is today. It's going to be like an every other day thing because it's a secret code. You have to go find it. It's like finding treasure. And then you sign up with that, and we're going to do a random drawing in June, the very second day in June of 2020, and that winner will be announced. If you want to get some bonus entries, then um, I think we reached 100 already. But uh, we may still count them. Go leave a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, we're up to 100. So those of you that were one of 100, you get five bonus entries. The ones who leave one for now, after this, it's only going to be one. You one, get one bonus one entry. Bonus entry. Because the people, I asked them to be <clears throat> one of 100, the first 100, and they got five. So now if you leave one, you still get a bonus entry, but it's only one. Yeah. Um, so I'll read, let's see. I'll read one of the latest ones here. This is uh, this is by Equal Opportunity Offender <laughs> and a great podcast for Liberty. He says, as a man of a certain age, I have wondered the political landscape raised Republican drifted to the Democrats during Clinton's first term because of a leverage uh, because of leverage buyouts. Then I was unaffiliated. Oregon actually has an independent party. When Obama was elected, I finally read Atlas Shrugged and I am now a registered libertarian. So as one of the few libertarians on the West Coast, I am thrilled to find a podcast that reflects the values I hold dear. While I don't always agree with everything Nate and Charlie have to say, imagine that, I enjoy the show. Thanks for the great podcast. And that's the thing. You don't even have to agree with us. Yeah. In fact, I don't want you to agree with everything we say. I want you to look it up for yourself. We're just going to present an opinion. And uh, we try to say one of our taglines on one of our pages is uh, economic opinions based on or uh, political opinions based on economic facts. So the, we we try to go that direction, but everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But well, not only that, the possibility that we could be wrong is there. 
Well, yeah, we you miss know? we misstate things. Like the other day, I think we said something about Trump signing FISA. Trump has not signed the new FISA bill yet. I noticed that uh, yesterday. I can't believe um, you misspoke about that. I misspoke about that, saying that he did that. I, I saw a tweet uh, last night that uh, that's where I get my news is from Twitter. Yeah. And it said that he had had yet to uh, sign it. We don't know. So anyway, uh, you know, we misstate, we misspeak on things, but it's never intentional. Um, it's it's always. You know, it, it's an if we say a number that's that's wrong or something like it's not purposeful manipulation. That's why you should always look everything up because what if Charlie? What if I say million instead of billion, which I do all the time, all the time? I'll say million instead of billion or billion instead of trillion. I do it all the time. Or uh, you know, maybe we use something and it f- turns out there's new data from last month, and I use something that was from January or something like that. That always happens. That's why you should always look up things and form your own opinion. But mm-hmm. it's good that you would be able to listen to something that you don't always agree with. That's that's what we we tried. That's what we try to be. That's a quality that a lot of people don't have. And to be cordial, because the biggest problem the Libertarian Party has is all the infighting. So to be cordial with <laughs> Maurice people. says I'm a statist. <laughs> yeah, and they still listen because yeah. luckily I'm here. I'm here for them. <laughs> statist gonna state. I'm here for you. <laughs> so, guys, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate it. Plus, it gets you that one bonus entry, uh, which which helps. I mean, the more entries you got into this contest, the the statistical likelihood of you winning is a little bit higher. If you've got, you know, five or six entries versus only one, the person with five or six has a statistical likelihood of being a little bit true, a little bit uh, better chance at winning. Well, g- going through the stuff here, it looks like. It looks like Warden Warren is pulling this one out. Her first time winning something without, you know, on, this because wasn't, AOC wasn't in the contest. This was an honest win. Now, do you, you guys still vote for her even knowing that she might not be Native American. We need to make sure because I don't want her to win because of that. So we, we want to check on that. But it looks like she's pulled this out yeah. with the whole trying to block the merger between Uber and Grubhub so they don't become a monopoly that after they merge would only have 48% of the total market. So well, I don't think our voting populace, um, there's no affirmative action Yeah, that says that you have to give a higher rank vote to, to, to someone her. of a, you know, that's non-white. Okay. Well, I just didn't know if they were just voting because they felt bad for all the native American things that she had to go through in her life. I don't know. You know, I was just trying to make sure of that. I mean, you know, it's tough to grow up living in a, TP and and go you know it must have been tough must have been really tough God. okay all right yeah. so <laughs> those feather caps take a long time to make Maurice <laughs> Maurice said she mentioned AOC so she cheated she did <laughs> she actually did. she happened to have tagged AOC in this post so that's probably why she pulled it out you know any t- I think AOC is still gets a half win right here yeah. just because she was tagged in this post <laughs> do I look like AOC yeah you look just like her just like her with those those evil evil eyes you're yeah. so mad you're so <laughs> mad right now so anyway have you noticed the ridiculous glasses sometimes like i don't like the stylistic glasses really i put these on but aoc wears like these oh, like yeah. you know like 60s 70s glasses sometimes i'm just like mm-hmm. come on no they're one probably cares. Not even, they're probably not even real glasses i know they're just like the blue light she definitely didn't pay for like them. that no, we not, did. No, we paid for them. Those are our glasses. When those are mine. All right. <laughs> so Charlie told you guys about mastermytrades.com already. Listen, I love trading. It's And maybe trading isn't for you, but maybe it is. So it's worth going to check out mastermytrades.com. Whatever it is, whether it's trading or it's something else, try to go towards something that you cannot wait to do every single day. All right. I hate getting up in the morning and I get up at 5.30 every morning and get ready and come in here so I can start going through the market, going through strategies, going through videos for the class, doing doing all this stuff, doing stuff for the podcast. Maybe you want to do a podcast, whatever it is. Find something that you enjoy so much that you cannot wait to do it. Find something where when you find out there's a, there's a holiday on Monday, you're disappointed about that. Okay, I'm not saying I'm disappointed about the reasoning behind the holiday or anything like that, but you're disappointed that you don't get to do what you love doing that day. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm saying. And maybe it is for you and maybe it isn't. But 
why don't you find out? Why don't you just go ahead and find out? It's never too late to go find that out, okay? Don't don't just dive into whatever it is you're doing right now. That's a sunk cost. You don't have to keep doing what you're doing for the rest of your life because you've already put so much time and effort and investment into it. If there's something that you could be doing that you would love doing even more. And maybe you can find that at mastermytrades.com. Yeah. Was that pretty good? It was great. All right. I'm, I'm thinking about going to sign up now. Yeah, I just got my, <laughs> I'm on my 30 day trial still. Nice. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to be part of the live group, as Nate mentioned, that's patreon.com slash good morning Liberty, where you can interact with us. You can laugh with us. You can vote with us, uh, be part of the dumb bleep of the week, all kinds of things going on in the live group. It's a lot of fun. There's usually uh, some pre-show, some post-show, uh, you get some inside knowledge, um, even even from master my trades and stuff. They got videos. I think I did maybe four videos this week and put on the Patreon. I'm pretty sure. It's about time. Three or four. I can't remember. But yeah, Austin said I talked to the people in the Patreon group on my way here. I do. I record a video almost every day now on my way into work. That's the other thing I love doing so much, which is doing things for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Maybe none of those things are for you guys. Okay. But find whatever that would be. You know, just, just find that thing. Like I'm, I'm technically working when I'm doing those videos and like, that's what I get to do for work. So just, just find that and do it right now, right now, do it. So if you guys do all of that, then we'll be back again on Tuesday, probably happy Memorial day. Uh, and I, if you guys we will be back. Jesus, I sound like Joe Biden right now because I got confused whether we're going to do Monday or Tuesday. If you can't finish this sentence and you ain't black. <laughs> Sorry. That's what it is. So we will, we will be back on Tuesday. Happy Memorial, Memorial Day to everyone. I hope you guys have a good day, a good weekend, and a good morning, Liberty. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black,